Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to Tuesday podcast. We're recording this on Monday afternoon, so it's almost live. Um, we'll all hopefully aim to wear the same things tomorrow, so you won't notice the difference. Is that right? Anyway, we're welcome to our Next Steps podcast. And um, it, Tuesday podcast is where we talk about mostly what was delivered in the sermon on Sunday, and we, we get the speaker to elaborate more on that. But before we get started, uh, we'd like to acknowledge uh, and pay our respects to the first Tasmanian peoples as traditional owners and custodians of the land we walk on. And we also pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and for their care for country, land and seas over the past thousands of generations. And especially this week, as we've come to the end of NADOC week, we just want to acknowledge that. And um, so we'll talk about that in a minute. But to start us off with, uh, in the top left, we've got Peter Collins, so he can wave. Uh, we're going to fix his computer so you'll get him in full widescreen next time he comes along. It's exciting. Uh, and it's a nice necklace you got there. So, Anne, welcome. And then um, John um, Bignall, so all the way from Lindisfarne. Who's, is it Lindisfarne up on the hill there? Yeah, it certainly is. Okay, Riviera. good. So, up, uptown Lindisfarne. So, it's good to have you here. John was our speaker last Sunday, um, speaking on forgiveness. We'll give you a, a shot at that in a minute. John, to tell us what you were speaking about. But with, with NADOC week, for those who missed it, we uh, got Paul Dare, who's um, an Aboriginal pastor who uh, lives just up the valley, um, up at Levendale. And we got him to share a bit about um, his, his current thinking around NADOC week and, and how we can remember but also celebrate the culture and then acknowledge the future. And a, a few thoughts for me. What, one of the beautiful things we also got... Uh, Nick to teach the kids a few of the Palawa uh, words. One one thing that I came away with yesterday, there was a couple of things. One was it must be so difficult to actually um, to basically we don't have written language for for the nations of Aboriginal Tasmanians for the seven different nations, and I don't. It must be so difficult to try and work out your culture and to rebuild that culture into the next generations when you have limited language and even the Palawa language is actually a, a synthesis of seven different languages um, to make one common language for our Aboriginal people and so yeah it, it was interesting talking through that one and I was, I was also reflecting on my own history here I'm um, on one side of my family I'm five, fifth generation or sixth generation Tasmanian um, from north, north northwest Tassie, but also on my father's side, he came over as a um, he was he basically his family fled Europe in 1950, uh, just after World War Two, and it was interesting because he came over as a new migrant. We'll talk about some of that in a minute, but but um, he actually learnt from a lot of the early you can't call them settlers, but the early people who pioneered the northwest of Tasmania. And some of the stories he used to tell were they used to catch, um, I remember him saying once they, they caught 20 44-gallon drums of whitebait. They, they basically caught every single whitebait they could find to the point where they not nearly eradicated this whole species from the rivers in the northwest. He talks about he caught enough flathead in the river to, to pay for his first house um, just mm -hmm by catching as many fish as he possibly could. Uh, and the, the, those early pioneers, they just came to this land of abundance and took everything they could from it. 
Um, he he used to go hunting possum and selling the skins for ridiculously cheap amounts, but um, just basically taking everything the land could give them. And it was it's such a contrast to the way Paul Dare talks about and our Aboriginal people talk about only take what you need and look after what this planet gives you. Our early pioneers were so different to that. They were, I, I know reading the stories of the early whalers, they they completely eradicated a whole species of seals and then just moved on to whales after that and then moved on to the next thing when they couldn't find any more of those. These are the, the early white settlers just took everything they could from the land, from this land of plenty. And I don't think they weren't doing it maliciously. They were just profiteering. But it was, gee, it was a difference to how our Aboriginal people were, how we communicate that our Aboriginal people were, were, were doing way back before then. So I really appreciated that from Paul of just for the, the, the way we came and just took the land and took everything it could give us is pretty significant. Um, and so, so we're, we're looking at this thing of today in our sermon um, podcast about forgiveness. And I think, John, you, you primarily talk about forgiving others. And maybe at the end we get a chance to talk about what it means to seek forgiveness as well. Uh, absolutely. I did touch on the, um, the, the concept of seeking forgiveness. But um, the whole topic is uh, very large and there are quite a, you know, significant areas that we just didn't didn't have time to to get to uh, things like uh, forgiveness of self um, also you know examples of heroes of uh, forgiveness um, but I really felt that we needed to start by looking at how difficult it can be and how we uh, it's not a natural thing for us and we all think that there has to be a limit somewhere but that's not what christ says mm. so we have this thing lying at the heart of the gospel and it's really difficult to do um, mm. so i was trying to come from that side of things yeah and explain a bit around it yeah, would you want to explain a bit more? So what? what Excuse me, I've got a terrible cough. And cold. That's all right. <coughs> Should we take a user poll and see if I should mute his mic while he's coughing? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. Well, John, it'd be nice to hear what what's the main thrust of the message that you did get across. So I I can believe that you could write five books on this topic easily. Um, <coughs> but you only had 30, 30 minutes. What, yeah. what was the main thing you wanted to get across on Sunday? That we all face it every day. What we're called to do is a Christian virtue. We don't understand it. Um, and we often don't apply it. Mm. Um, um, but we're, it's a daily challenge. I guess that quote from Martin Luther that it's not an occasional act, it's a permanent attitude that we have to have. Mm. And it's one of the most difficult things. Yeah. So maybe, Anne, a question for you. We often talk about, um, I, I hear the phrase quite often, forgive and forget. <laughs> can, you, can you elaborate on that 
a little bit? Well, I actually don't agree with it, to be honest. I think yeah. that um, to say forget what's happened to you is to really minimise often what can be very difficult things that have happened in your life and they are part of your life and you're actually but forgiveness is a different um action from forgetting and i i think it is important to distinguish the two and not wrap them up together um mm. that you can have something something happen to you or someone you know someone do something to you that rips you apart in some form or another and if there's a process to work through if you are going to let if you're going to forgive so you could you can let go the anger and the hurt and those feelings that come up because of what that person did and that's the act that of forgiveness that we find so hard to do and takes courage mm. and time i think and practice um so we can let that go um and when we do that i think what it does is allow us to look back on the past in a different kind of way i, I once um heard somebody liken it to um when you're in the act it's like who's in the driver's seat of the car and um you, you can choose to forgive um and then and you put if you like those feelings like anger and resentment and bitterness um, and all that stuff that actually winds you up not just emotionally but physically mm. you know um, can instead of staying in the back seat <laughs> it kind of decides it wants to take back take back the driver's seat and so it's this constant act and 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 that's why it does take time i think mm and yeah. as we do there's healing in it but the past is the past and it's part of who we are and it changes how we think about the future but if we're doing it the way jesus did what he allows us to do if we let him is bring grace mm. into what the future looks like mm. yes that um a quote from lewis meads um was uh, i thought a very powerful one that a healed memory is not a deleted memory. That's right. Um, I thought that was um, very, very apt. Yeah. yeah. Pete, do you want to elaborate on that phrase a little bit? Yes. Yeah, so, well, yeah, you're right, John, that, that it is a, a pretty powerful, uh, what, four or five words, and um, not many words anyway. Um, we can so easily get smothered in this whole aspect of forgiveness and having that memory we can become enslaved to the memory even though we may well have forgiven but if we allow the memory to impact us in a negative way well maybe we haven't forgiven but certainly it is through the power of christ that we we are able to deal with some of these things that are really very painful and and they, they may well go back to your, your childhood, go back a long way, but we hang on to them. And we need to acknowledge that in the forgiving, we are given a freedom that we wouldn't otherwise have. Mm. Otherwise, um, if we hang on to things too strongly, 
and to the point where it's affecting us uh, in a negative sense, of course, um, can you argue that you have forgiven? I'm not sure. Uh, I can be persuaded either way, probably. Uh, mm. yeah. I, I read a book. Um, it's sort of jumping off what you've said, Peter. Um, it's called The Cross of Nails. It's actually a book about the ministry from Coventry Cathedral, which began after it was bombed in World War II. And there were these nails left from the roof that had been burned and they formed them into a, a cross and began a reconciliation ministry um, in the first instance with other other churches in the in those countries which had been their enemy. But and then it became a worldwide ministry. But mm. one of the things that in this book, um, they they looked at the situation in, in South Africa and a lot of the injustices and the through apartheid and uh, massacres that occurred and all kinds of horrible things. Mm. And what's important is that people are brought to justice. And if you say, oh, well, let's just forgive and forget, yeah. then actions that actually need to be brought to justice and looking at the systems that enable these things to happen as well and dealing with that has to happen. Yeah. Um, so you can forgive, but there might still be things that need to be done in response mm to what was done yeah there was um i'm not sure what they called it reconciliation or anyway the name doesn't matter but in rwanda after the terrible events that happened there what was it mm. 30 years ago or something um there was a real acknowledgement of what had happened and a need to forgive but not to just sweep it all under the carpet yeah uh, that, that, at the same time, uh, we have to, uh, uh, as uh, Lewis Smeads wrote, um, we have to surrender our right to get even. Yes. So it's a, a delicate balancing act, uh, yeah. you know, because yeah. through, you know, what happened in South Africa and the Rwanda thing um, was... Uh, uh, tremendous uh, required uh, mm. a huge amount of humility and um, mm. uh, but it couldn't be about getting even yes. and even though justice yeah. had to be uh, seen to be done somehow yeah yeah John you talked a fair bit about freedom forgiveness and freedom could you elaborate on that a little bit well yes uh, that the freedom that comes with forgiveness is um, personal. It's it's not about the other person. Hmm. It's about freeing yourself from the bitterness and uh, and the consequences, the the spiral down. I mean, unforgiveness uh, it destroys lives. It destroys. Well, yeah, you lives. talked about you talked about the tormentors um, yeah. in the in the passage in Matthew eighteen. Yeah, what 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 are the tormentors? How does it damage lives? Well, hanging on to the anger and the bitterness, uh, it stops you sleeping. It it, uh, it rules, as Peter was talking about. You know, it it rules your life and mm. uh, destroys joy and mm. any chance of 
happiness it, it consumes you eats you alive mm. and i think it actually can i know for me there have been times when um yeah it physical like my physical um I, I feel like this there's this churn there's this knot in my stomach that just won't go away and i get really really tense and sadly the people who um i lash out at <laughs> when i'm tense and angry are the people who don't deserve it they're the people i i'm and my family and my friends particularly my family because they're with me day in day out and so i actually hurt the people i care about and damage the relationships that mean something to me if yeah. it's infectious <laughs> yeah it is yeah and you mentioned um a quote i can't remember who it was from about poison oh, Saint, that one, Saint Augustine, uh, Yes, uh, so it goes back a long way. So that would have been about 400 and something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he said, uh, resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to, to, to die. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, and, and, and it's like what you were just saying, you, you're not forgiving someone else actually comes out sideways on your family or those who are close to you and they pay the price for the unforgiveness that you have on others. Um, unforgiveness, I think it, 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 there's a sense of um, control. We, we feel like we're controlling our own fate by not forgiving, but it's actually the exact opposite, <laughs> that, that yes. by not forgiving we're not setting free and so this past hurt or pain is, is actually torturing us and you can, those you can, you can imagine the, the situation which often occurs where the person who's done the offending has got no idea that, about what's happened yeah so they're going along merrily and are totally unimpacted by any of this yeah and and we hold on to this and it just tears us apart yeah. it does have no effect upon them whatsoever so <laughs> You know, it's a silly thing for us to be doing, never mind about anything else. But mm. there are these, it becomes complicated because these ideas of justice comes in. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want this to all stay hypothetical up in the air, if, if possible. I don't know if you've got any experiences to bring to the table around this. Uh, it, you don't have to share names and details, obviously. But, um, it's just sometimes like part of one of my experiences, I think the things that I've had to work through the most with forgiveness is with a person who doesn't, I don't think has the capacity or empathy to understand the pain they caused. And, and after years of um, trying to restore, instead of restoring, I've become more calloused because I can't let the abuse continue the emotional and spiritual abuse to continue, but I still have to somehow forgive and release. And so, you, John, you talked about that you have to have a soft heart and be courageous, uh, which really resonated. Uh, one, one of my biggest fears is that I end up becoming so calloused that my heart, heart is no longer available for that relationship. And, and it's it's difficult for me to work out well how do you how do you forgive and release but also not continue in just taking on that abuse mm -hmm. so that's 
Yeah. Any any comments from anyone on that? I think um, I think self awareness is really important, which it sounds like you have. Um, and and I, there are times when putting distance between yourself and the person or the situation that mm. creates the problems isn't a bad thing at times. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're saying severing the relationship. But when I was in my early 20s, um, there, was a, a, there was a particular thing that I really struggled with. And it did happen. Um, it was with a person in the church. And um, I got so angry and disillusioned and thinking, oh, well, if this is what it's all about, I actually got to the point where I was prepared to um, walk out on the church altogether, actually. And I suspect there's a lot of people who do get to that point <laughs> at different mm -hmm. times. But there's a couple of things that helped me. One, I have I shared that problem um, in my, my case with my husband, but it doesn't have to be a partner, um, but somebody else. And... Um, that was helpful because they could bring a steady, they could steady me in a way mm. I couldn't do myself with everything just buzzing around and doing stuff in my head and so forth. Um, secondly, I read a in my Bible readings, and I find that God does this regularly, um, and I about how sometimes God uses verses and we have to be careful not to misrepresent verses. Mm -hmm. But I was reading one of the letters of Paul and at the end it was, you know, and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you or something along those lines. It's one of those, one of those ways he signed off a lot. And just the way it hit me, it was, oh, I've always just taken that as the grace God's giving me. But in fact... It's also made the grace of God, as it's flown, flowed into you, flow outwards mm. to others. Mm. And I thought, oh, um, that's a real challenge. So I had to then pray regularly. And that it's what John was talking about, that 70 times 7, which I'm sure he'll talk a bit more about. When I found myself in that situation, it was a very regular, oh, um, I can't, I've done it again, Lord, would you give me the grace? Mm. And it was just practising that. Mm. And fourthly, I realised at some point it was like every time I went into a situation with this person, it was like the Band-Aid that, no, like the scab, if you like, that had started to grow so that new healthy skin could grow underneath got ripped off. Mm. Um and I needed to have like a band-aid mm. on it to be to begin with. And for me, that band-aid was taking time out. Mm. And yeah. um, I think there are times when you need to think about that as a way yeah, to do yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> so from your experience with this repeated forgiveness, the, your third point, did that get easier over time or did it come and go in seasons? What was your experience? Um, with that particular one um mostly it 
um, actually got to the point where I stopped. I realized, oh, I haven't thought about that for a while. Mm. It's actually not consuming me like it was. Mm. Um, and I faced that because that's a healing. Mm. Uh, that's a that's forgiveness actually beginning to work its change in me. Yeah. Um, now, it didn't mean that there, I had an easy relationship with that person going forward, but because of changes that had happened in me, I, there was still, a, if you like, a, a, a things that, a raw nerve that would get set off easy, more easily <laughs> because yeah. of the history. But there was a sense in which these lessons I'd learned were cushioning me. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that helps yeah. you. Yeah. No, it's great. Thanks. How about for you, Pete? What's your experience with forgiveness like? Are you... Well, it's it's hard, and, and Anne just touched at the beginning of um, her comments. There, um, she touched on something that I suspect a lot of us do, but certainly I have problems with. Is that if you if you get taken advantage of or whatever and you know you should forgive and but then you think well but are they going to change are, are they going to yeah are, is this going to help them and and you start to take on board an attitude that is very much of the world that you know no one puts their hands up to be meek even though the meek may well inherit the earth you know, it's, it's a if that's all right with you, the rest of you will, will inherit the earth. It's, so yeah. you, you don't want to feel that you're just being trodden on all the time. And maybe this is an element of pride in my life that uh, I have to be aware of and conscious of. But no one wants to be trodden on mm. all the time. So you start mm. to think, this is hard stuff. Do, when do I get, you know, when do I stop forgiving? And, and, mm. and John mentioned in the sermon, you know, that's not really an option as uh, as a Christian. You you just mm. need to take this on board and say, wise up. Life wasn't meant to be easy. To misquote um, the original quote, not Fraser, um, we we do find it hard, but you, you just have to cope with it. You make the decision to forgive. Um, okay. Can I just jump in? I know I've said a lot, and I'm sorry, but I'll, and then I let others. One of the things I've also found is if you know that when you go into a particular situation and you know the likelihood is that there's going to be a neck, um, no taking advantage of you or they're just going to rub you up the wrong way or whatever, um, before you go into that situation, there's a, it's, well, what could I do that will protect me a little bit? put some boundaries around this. Are there things that I could do differently that might help um, to, things to go in a different direction? And that might involve actually getting someone else to work with you on some strategies to help you do that so that you don't keep get take, getting taken for a ride because that's not actually a healthy thing. Um, and, um, but there may be ways that you can handle the situation in a slightly different way that will make you feel more empowered mm. or not only feel more empowered but be more empowered um, and it may yeah. anyway yeah that's why sharing can be so important yeah 
Yes, well, there was a long list of uh, things that uh, forgiveness wasn't, and uh, that included lots of what you've been talking about. You know, it, it doesn't require or a, a continuation of the relationship even. Yeah. Mm. Um, John, John, I think it's worth right running through that list. That was a fantastic list. Have you got it there? I, I, I've, I don't can't remember yeah. what page it's on. Just hold on. Page four hundred and twenty-seven. I think. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm right. <laughs> Get the right list because there were several other lists. Yeah. Um, just for our listeners, this is worth waiting for this list. So just hold on to your seats. Okay. A few things. Just before he starts, um, my battery is running down a bit. So if I suddenly disappear, you know why. Yeah. 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 Um, so forgiveness does not mean approving of what someone else did or making excuses for other people's bad behavior doesn't mean overlooking abuse or remaining in unsafe relationship it doesn't mean denying that others tried to hurt you repeatedly it doesn't mean letting others walk all over you it doesn't mean forgetting the wrong that was done it doesn't mean that you must restore the relationship to what it was before as if nothing ever happened <coughs> and it doesn't mean that you must tell the person that you've forgiven them it doesn't mean that all the negative consequences of sin are cancelled. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's the, you know, when we say it's a decision on the inside to refuse to live in the past, <coughs> and that we have to forget, but that's not right. Mm. There's, there's a place living for justice. In, living, yeah. Not living in the past doesn't mean to say that we ignore all of the consequences in mm. the past. And if that means radical change, then we should do it. I, I mean, within the, the church communities, when there's a lot of um, uh, different opinions, as we've been discussing, um, uh, I, I feel that we're not called to serve in conflict. Mm. And if ultimately that conflict is um, uh, having serious negative uh, impacts, then I, I think it's sensible to withdraw. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, last week, Matt talked about um, the grace and truth being in equal measure, both both being significant and important in, in working through some of these issues. Do, do one of you want to comment on how grace and truth works with this topic of forgiveness? Let me just say that forgiveness is one of those things that are mentioned, particularly in the Gospels, often. Mm. Um, we, we can take love being mentioned as a, just take it for granted, it's, it gets mentioned a lot, but things like forgiveness and pride and humility and thankfulness, some of these are, are real core stuff of the Gospels and we, we need mm. to hang on to them. And grace and mercy and justice uh, are also there. Um, yeah. and more in the Old Testament, of course, you've got uh, mercy and justice. And, uh, and they're not always easy things to understand and follow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyone want to add anything to that? 
Well, I guess we've, it's what we've kind of been talking about as well, that um, it, it's grace for me is undeserved. It's, it's you know, when Jesus, when, when Jesus went to the cross and did what he did, um, we didn't deserve that. We didn't deserve that reaching out by God in love and the mercy that was shown. So grace is like undeserved forgiveness. And what he's asking from us is to rise um, with courage into that same capacity, which only comes through love, um, to forgive even when the person you're forgiving doesn't deserve it, It's mm. if you like. Um, and that, um, yeah, undeserved forgiveness. And, and I guess truth you need to be, there's an honesty that's required. And this is also God's truth that we need to be measuring against things as well. Um, but we don't get anywhere when we cover things up. Um, when we, mm. the word was earlier in things, sweep things under the carpet. Or um, when, when Matt was talking, it was about, perspectives wasn't it but it was also seeking the holy spirit's guidance for god's will and god's um way of approaching the world and us is all about um mm. that's the truth and then as we live into that that changes then our capacity to step up and follow the jesus and and, and do what he's asking of us yeah that's I think in some ways the um, truth is about the standards that are set, the principles that are, are not negotiable, but the grace is about the doing, the living it out, and, uh, and that's where it gets to difficulties because it's about our own humanity and about other people and where the rubber meets the road. Mm. Um, um, it's it's love in action, and, yeah. and that covers everything. And under under that, the the big umbrella of love, there's all these uh, other grace things of forgiveness and uh, humility and hope and joy and justice, mm. mercy, yeah. and all those things. But they have to be seen uh, as the result of action that we take. Um, without compromising the truths mm. that we want to hold to yeah 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 great john um we we went through the parable of the um unforgiving servant i think it's called um peter it looks like you're back on power by the look of that camera so welcome <laughs> it's good to see you and so in matthew chapter 18 verse 18 to 20 it talks about there's a, a rich lord who has a, a servant who owes him a lot of money and this servant comes in and sits before him and and john are you going to be better at telling this story than i am i think i feel like um, you are yes however i must dash across the room and yeah. uh, stop the grandfather clock because it's about to chime all right i'll keep going with the story <laughs> while you like that. well yeah. i could read it verbatim okay go for it thanks Anne. okay so um so then Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 
talents or dollars, we could just, I mean, whatever, a man, as you said, a large amount, um, was brought into him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found out of his he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which was chicken feed by comparison. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant and, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, he, ma the master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. And as we've already talked about the tormentors or the, those who torture, um, yeah, that was a really, I really liked the way you drew that out, John, about mm. the tormentors. Mm. Uh, obviously, these things are not all mine. There are other uh, people who come up with these and I grab them and uh, um, <laughs> apply them as best I can and put them together. Yeah. Uh, uh, so when I when I read that, I thought, oh, that's that's so true. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that we might yeah. not have um, people chasing us with uh, red hot pokers <laughs> physically these days, but this thing about what how we um, tear ourselves apart is uh, we don't need other people to do it, we do it ourselves mm. um, uh, through so, our anger and bitterness. One of the challenges here is if I if I use the phrase a tormented soul, it, it will often be someone who's been through horrific experiences. Mm. Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, it's a tough one, this forgiveness one. Mm. Like it's so... It's quite easy for me who've not had many big, significant emotional experiences to forgive. It, it's easy for me to talk about forgiveness when you, yeah. But for some people, like Anne said earlier, this would really require you to actually work through this with someone, with a trusted friend or with someone professional, yeah, to work out how well, to forgive. I, I was uh, concerned that um, the some of our Nepali um, congregation yeah. who have spent 20 years in refugee camps may yeah. have difficult yeah. um, issues that could be stirred up by this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. 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 Now this, this parable, sorry, John, I've interrupted. Did you want to I was, I was going there, <laughs> the, yeah. I, I mean, the thing about the tormentors is only a side issue. Uh, yes, well, it is. There's a whole lot more in it. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's very human. Uh, it's something that everybody understood. Mm. Uh, it goes back to C.S. Lewis's comment that uh, everybody 
thinks that forgiveness is a lovely idea until they've got something to forgive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the humanity of it. And, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and Christ uh, has this ability to put his finger softly and gently on our, our really mm-hmm. sore spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there it is. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the key is the last bit where he says, you know, well, if you can't bring yourself to forgive, then this is how my Father in Heaven is going to be uh, looking at you. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, it, it makes it uh, an imperative for us. It's, mm. it's a core thing. And Jesus uses these massive contrasts again, and uh, like he talks the plank plank in your own eye, and this and this trying to get the splinter out of another. This this one ten thousand talents. That was the equivalent of two hundred thousand days of manual labor. So mm-hmm. if if you uh, I just read if you calculate that it's over three billion dollars worth uh, Aussie dollars worth mm-hmm. that this guy owed, and then it's just this and you know he, he's looking for lunch money from someone else and won't forgive him and throws him in prison. Jesus again is using these massive contrasts mm-hmm. to prove a point. This this parable also talks I think about seeking forgiveness mm-hmm. a bit. It, it's primarily about forgiving others, isn't it? I think, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, as we as we come to a close, we'll, we'll need to finish in a sec. For people who are listening to this, what would your top tip on forgiveness be? What would, from taking on this theme of forgiveness, what would be the most helpful thing to pass on? Listen to the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I would, I would actually thoroughly encourage that. I feel like this is a sermon you need to sit down with pen and paper and listen to a yeah. couple of times, That's and then actually work out. Okay, what do I need to take from this? There, there was probably three hours worth of content crammed into a masterclass of thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, I really recommend you go back and listen to the sermon so you can you can hear that on go and watch it on YouTube uh, at Citywide um, Citywide Hobart on our channel. Mm-hmm. I, I think the things I want to leave people with is um, this um, isn't an easy thing and, you know, from a human perspective, it isn't easy to do and therefore we do need to be praying about, you know, if you have, the fact is that these things happen and we need wisdom. Where does, you know, where that line between getting even go and or restorative justice or whatever on our own we we can um, get lost in all of that but in prayer and prayer with others who we trust who we can share our issue with Mm. um, and and sometimes that might be a professional because of the level of hurt that we have been through and sometimes it might be professional as well as close um, friends or whatever, but I think it's important to be able to share in some way what we're going through in order to help us in the forgiveness and healing process, but more than anything else, prayer and um, enable and being willing to allow the Holy Spirit to, to work. And just one other thing, I came across a book um, so for those of you who like a bit of a read, this has the most delightful pictures in it as well. 
It's called Francesco, Artist of Florence, The Man Who Gave Too Much, and it's mm -hmm. by Anita Matthias. She's done the pictures inside. Um, so it's, kind, it's kind of set in um, Renaissance Italy, and it really follows the story of a man who got taken advantage of and felt shame and guilt and you name it, and then had to come to a place where he learned how to forgive but not just others who'd done those things to him himself. Mm. And so that might be a story that can encourage various ones. Yeah. Great. Pete, what's your advice? Uh, well, I certainly agree with Anne with her comment about praying about something first because there's always the potential of doing further harm if you're seeking forgiveness making a comment about where you've been wrong against someone uh, so prayer is always a good thing but also what john mentioned uh, with forgiveness not just being up in the head it's a heart matter and, and he quoted martin luther king jr about um, it not just being an occasional act this is a a constant attitude of the heart mm. uh, the, probably wasn't in quite those words but but yes there's an an attitude of forgiveness so that becomes our norm it's mm. it's 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 not something that you almost use as a as a battering ram against someone else it's just that that is where your heart is and mm. uh, yes it's probably easier said than done but yeah mm. yeah Thanks, thanks, Pete. John, have you got any parting words for us? We'll let you take the last one out. Um, there's so much that could be said. Um, yeah. But um, I guess where it comes to at the end, the soft hearts and courage. Um, we have to pass on the miracle of forgiveness that we've received. Mm -hmm. And our humanity gives us hard hearts because when we're hurt, we don't want to be hurt again, so we yeah. we hunker down, grow calluses, as you put it, and that makes hearing God in our lives and uh, uh, having the humility to um, to forgive um, is uh, is difficult when we when we have that hard attitude within us. Yeah. Um, and it is a courageous thing yeah. people many people won't understand when Wiesenthal wrote his book he invited um in the first edition anyway 53 uh, writers theologians politicians um, thinkers to answer the question what would that they have done and of those 53 only six said that they would have forgiven mm. so it's a, a common human thing it's not easy and yeah. uh, uh, we're called to a really high standard mm. and it takes time uh, mm. the other one of the other things that i said you know was that we we have to wrestle with these things and bring them to the foot of the cross yeah. and let go there and 
that God. And ultimately, it's the only way. Yeah. Um, before we close, um, Dan, I'm wondering whether you would like to just pray. Mm. Um, because it is a struggle. Um, mm, yes. Yeah, no, I'm happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll, we'll finish with this prayer. But, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Father, we um, thank you for this chance to talk about such a, a deep, significant topic that anyone who's been through a few battles of life will actually be able to relate. Father, thank you for the miracle of forgiveness and thank you for the strength that your Holy Spirit gives us to do it. Father, help us not to allow our past control and dictate our future, but to be able yeah. to actually be free from things uh, in our past that that could hold us back. Father, help us not to seek revenge or retribution or yeah, to get some of our own back, but Father, help us to freely love and forgive. Mm. Help us to work out appropriate boundaries, um, Father, so that we can be safe as well. But, but we just pray that you, for our listeners especially, that you'll give them a chance to work out what is it from my past that I need to forgive and let go. Thanks, mm. God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in, listeners, and um, we'll look forward to catching you again next Tuesday. Um, Matt's not here this week because he's been on, he had um, his 28th wedding anniversary, I think, last weekend. So he, he's been away. and um, But we were celebrating as a church his fifth year of being here at, at Citywide. Um, so he, he missed his own celebration. So if you see him around the street, give him a slap on the back and say thanks um, for the last five years of his work. So, yeah, and I, I'm going to miss next week because I'm on holiday with the family. So we're going to hit Port Arthur for a few days. So go and see what it's like down there. Right, thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us, you three. Thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll see you later. See you.